your life were a candy, what would it be and why? If my life was a candy, what, what is your life? If my life were a candy, I would be a Sour Patch Kid. <laughs> Little sour, not for everybody. But once you get past that, I'm pretty sweet. Sour that is sweet. That is true. That yeah, is true. Yeah, so. Yeah. Ben is a very good friend, um, but people are often scared of him. It's partly because you can't tell this right now, but he's very tall. And so sometimes in some contexts, people are like, I don't know, your husband's a little scary. He's intimidating. Which is he's very tall. Funny. He's big. He's not that scared. He's not scared. Um, you don't want to mess with him, though. Okay. All right. <laughs> what, would my, what would my life be? Right now, um, right now I would say a chocolate-covered coffee bean. Like it sounds pleasant, but it might be a little bit much. Oh, but energizing. <laughs> energizing. Yeah. Energizing, but it's a lot. That's that's how I feel right now about life. <laughs> it's all good things, but it's a lot of good things. It's very intense. Um, but I do love coffee. So I endorse this. I endorse this. <laughs> I, I I do agree with that. And to you, our listeners, welcome to the Kimberly and Coach Show, where we bring you actionable practices you can use in your leadership and collaboration. Today, I'm Coach Kimberly is right next to me. Today, we're talking about how to uh, work with this idea of common courtesy or sometimes common sense. Right. And this is part of our conflict resolution starter kit. Yep. And maybe the simplest piece of it, because mm. the the practice that we're talking about is essentially to rethink the idea of common courtesy. So in our business, which is team dynamics, consulting and coaching, we have a lot of conversations about, well, it's just common courtesy. He should have done this or she should have done this. Right. You know, if they it, it's just common sense that this is how it would be done. And the fact of the matter is common courtesy does not actually exist. (gasps) (laughs) Now there may be cultural trends, like the way that people address conflict in Chicago is a little different than the way that people tend to address conflict in Texas. Oh, (laughs) which let me just tell you so much. It's a bit of a learning curve for me. (laughs) People are very nice in Texas. Oh, bless your heart. Yeah. There's a little bless your heart here. There's a little, Mm. um, I once was like really rubbing a, a coworker the wrong way, but he kept telling me, you're a gem, Kimberly. And I was like, oh, thank you. And it wasn't until later that I realized like, oh, I'm really, someone had to tell me, you're kind of pissing him off right now. <laughs> and I, I was just like at face value. And so there are cultural trends that it is helpful to learn. Mm-hmm. But when we make assumptions about what is considered courtesy or considered polite, um, depending on where that person comes from, what culture they come from, what um, family experience they have, how communication happened in their family, what is common courtesy to you may not even occur to them. Yeah. I mean, you know, I've often talked about people being like little universes. Yeah. Say a little bit more about that. Because we are immensely complex mm-hmm. creatures. A lot of people are like, oh, well, isn't everybody just the same? <laughs> no. <laughs> A no. World of no. <laughs> so much no. And mm-hmm. that's where we get into trouble, I think, is we're thinking like, oh, well, this person sees everything exactly how I do. Mm-hmm. But you're a completely different universe than that other person. 
you know? And this idea kind of struck me when I was, I was looking at memes on, on the internet and then they had a Talking. picture of like, I know, right. <laughs> uh, they had a picture of like an eye and a picture of like a galaxy and like, see, there's all this mirror. And I don't know how much there is, you know, like if it's just anthropomorphizing things, but when I stopped to consider the nature of who we are, our brains, you know, you, every human being is a unique instance. Every human being has all of these unique experiences. We come from different cultures, different family backgrounds. We've got different levels of trauma. And so people are like, oh, I don't have any trauma. I'm like, mm-hmm. Um, we react to different things. Right. You know, different triggers, different buttons that we have, different landmines. And when we, if we start to think that everybody's the same and that you're seeing everything that I'm seeing in the same way, we blind ourselves to how uh, the other people are going in, in our, uh, in our little world, in our little kind of extended universe, if you will, mm-hmm. uh, that are kind of, cra- we're kind of universes crashing into other universes all the time. Right. And there's, there's some nerdery in this particular oh, example, super nerdery. but let's, <laughs> let's take it into another nerd sphere. Cause you All right. often, as we're talking about the, the universes that are crashing into each other, you often talk about a data set or a data cube. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, could you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. So every single person as a, as an entity, as a, as a, you know, as a person, uh, we have this unique set of, of experiences, right? We just talked mm-hmm. about that. And so if we can look at that from a data, now you got some of you guys know, I've been in IT for over 20 years, right? And so- Fly, fly your IT flag yeah, here we go. for a minute. IT nerd <laughs> flag. Um, and so when you start looking at IT, you inevitably crash into data, mm-hmm. right? Crashing into databases and spreadsheets and everything. And in, in data world, we have all kinds of interesting concepts, but really what it comes down to is that every single person has this data set that they're carrying with you, mm-hmm. carrying with us. And sometimes we call it data queue because data has dimensions. And again, super nerdery, right? Some people are like, well, coach just lost me. We're going to come back. We're going to come back. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but think of every person has having this unique set of life experiences and preferences about how they like to be treated. They have preferences about what they like to eat, what their favorite flavor of ice cream is. You know, everybody has these kinds of unique uh, facets. And so when you take time to learn what those facets are Mm -hmm. and you start to find that common ground. Now, now. You might like chocolate ice cream and they might not, they might like vanilla or they might not like ice cream, but I'm like, I'm not really a big ice cream guy, you know? Somehow we're still married. I know, right? (laughs) Um, But with that, once you, if, if you're wanting to bring someone a special treat, okay, you're like, man, I really want to give this person like an attaboy, you know? So you go out and you pick out your favorite flavor of ice cream and you bring it to them like, Oh, that's really, I'm lactose intolerant (laughs) (laughs) bummer, or I'm allergic. (laughs) Yeah. I'm sadly allergic to dairy. I learned. Yeah. My ice cream life has gotten 
a little sad. There's some good non-dairy options. Yeah. But if you want to bring me a treat, it would be helpful to know that. Now, when we are making decisions, we're using the data that we have. So most of the yep. data that we carry around with us is the data about us, right? And this is where the idea of common courtesy comes in because we also have data about our family of origin. We have data about our culture. And so we kind of make some assumptions of that other people will want what we want and prefer what we prefer. And then when people don't do those things, we assume it's because they're disrespectful or they don't care about us. They should have known to do this. So let me share- Because it's common sense. Yeah. Let me share a a tangible example about how people's data cube, so to speak, may not match. And they could be both trying to show- respect and to be deferential to the other, but they're missing each other. And so an example that I see often in corporate workplaces is that someone will share a personal detail about their life, um, especially if it is negative, like uh, my friend's mom died this week would be an example. So they share this information and then they wait because they want someone to move toward them and say, oh, were you guys close? How are you? Um, and so they, the assumption for some people is that common courtesy is if you share a personal hardship that someone will ask you how you're doing about it. Mm-hmm. Okay. That is absolutely the common courtesy that I came into adulthood with that. If I, if I share something then I will know someone cares because they'll, they'll like follow up. They'll ask me now I'm married to Ben and coach, he goes by coach. Kimberly coach. Um, but he's also Ben. And so answer to both, by the way, (laughs) it's fine. Hey, you tall guy. Yeah. Anyway, um, what Ben's preferences and what he learned in his family dynamic is that people will share as much as they want to. So if you share something hard with Ben, his like kind of default mode will be to create space for you to share more if you want but he actually doesn't ask a lot of follow-up questions. Okay. So I see this all the time in the workplace where someone shares something personal, the person does not respond in the way that they hoped. And then they feel like I'm not valued and cared for here. Yeah. Common courtesy would have been to fill in the blank. Um, And so you could, you could then extrapolate that to all sorts of conversations that you'd have in the workplace, but that's an easy example where Mm -hmm. people's, preferences and sets of data about what is respectful may not actually be held in common because when Ben is giving space, he is not trying to be disrespectful. He's not trying to say, I don't care about your personal life. This is work, which is sometimes like the thing that people take away from that kind of interaction. Um, But he's trying to say like, I want to make sure that I'm not pressing you. You don't feel pressured to share something you're not comfortable with because he would not want to be pressured to share something that he's not comfortable with. And so it would be out of respect and out of care that he would hold back in his response, potentially. Also, I'm a really good listener, by the way. That's true. That's true. (laughs) All right. So let's talk about how we can set some expectations around, quote unquote, common courtesy. Okay. So one of the things that we can start is just understanding that A, your universe, the other person's universe, they're different, right? Right. The two universes collide. You have different sets of data. You've got different sets of preferences. Understand that you are not them. 
let's just start there. Right. And that's a little harder for a lot of, for a lot of folks because they're taught that everyone is the same in school. Right. And that's one of the things that sometimes, you know, so this is certainly messaging that I got when I was in grade <laughs> yeah, school. Yeah. It might depend on generation. Right. Right. Like everybody <laughs> we were taught same, that, <laughs> you know, and then you got older, like, wait a minute, everybody is not the same. You know, right. everybody has a completely different set of circumstances. So start there, right? Start there. And then I think the next step then is to start to be open to, and, and again, just the, just the, just the stance, your posture, I think yeah. is, is an important step mm-hmm. is, is to not assume because those, you know, you know, what happens if you take apart the word assume, Right. I know it's one of those common courtesy, common sense things, but you know, let me just break it down for you. Okay. If you take apart the word assume, it makes an ass out of you and me. Ah, see, that's, cliche, the, that's the old it's joke, not wrong, but yeah. it's, yeah, I mean, it's the old cliche. It's an old joke in America. And I know we have some people around the world who are listening. They're really like, Oh, what? <laughs> <laughs> Which, you know what, if you're listening from say Pakistan or India, or maybe even Germany, or pick a country of your choice, you may be like, I don't, that doesn't make any sense, (laughs) you know, because it's not in your frame of reference. It's not in your data set. Right. And so I think sometimes being just having that posture of, Hey, my perspective is not the only perspective. Right. So what we want to do is when we notice that someone's not doing something we think that they should do is take a pause and ask, instead of judging them right off the bat to ask, are we aligned in what we think should happen here? Mm. And if you are jumping to a conclusion, a good practice is to test that conclusion. So in the example that I gave, you could say, hey, I shared with you about my friend's mom who died and you didn't say anything. And I was just wondering, did it bother you that I shared that because it's personal and we're in a work environment or would would you prefer I didn't share that with you? You know, um, I, I kind of felt like you just moved the conversation on from that kind of hurt my feelings. And then someone might come back and say, Oh no, I was just waiting to see if you wanted to share more. And since you didn't, I felt like the respectful thing was to move on. And so sometimes those moments um, will give us a chance to kind of check our judgment Mm. and, and recalibrate. And then that person's going to add to their data set. Oh, Kimberly wanted me to ask a follow-up question, but I'm going to add to my data set they won't necessarily ask a follow-up question. They're maybe just creating space. And so we can kind of learn each other a little bit more. But the second thing that we can do is just because common courtesy does not necessarily exist, doesn't mean we can't have common practices. Yeah. And that is where expectations come into play. But instead of assuming that they are in play, we want to name them. So another example that we could go with is what do you do when you are running late. Mm, okay. So some people feel like if someone is between like five and 10 minutes late, they don't need to text. They're on their way. It's fine. They're always late, you know? And some people, once you go past that one minute or even like a couple minutes before people feel like, are they not coming? You know, like I don't, I, I need communication. And so in a corporate environment, we could, make some expectations. Like we start our meetings on time. If you are going to be late for any reason, send a text to the group. And by stating that, what might have been based on people's preferences, where then you, after the meeting, you would be like common courtesy would have been to say, I'm stuck in traffic and send a note. Um, I'm going to be late. But instead of being mad about it and resentful later, 
Now what we've done is we've put it into our cultural practices because we've named it and we've set the expectation. And then if it's not happening, we can come back and say, do you remember in our staff meeting last month when we talked about we want to alert people if we're running late, just so that everybody knows, you know, if they have time to run to the bathroom or if they have time to grab a coffee. So we're, you didn't do that this morning. We'd really like you to start kind of putting that into your practice. It doesn't have to be a big deal, but we're creating then communal practices, but they're not based on assumption. They're based on clearly communicated expectations. Yeah. You know, what is that old, the, uh, the, the kind of the new cliche is uh, clarity is kind. I mean, it's you a know. Brene Brown quote. Well, yes. I, Brene Brown says kind of clear. Is okay. I think the All right. So, yeah, the, so the concept is very true. Yeah. So just having that. Clear is kind. Clear, clear is kind. kind. Yeah. So just <laughs> state it. Yeah. Say it. <laughs> it's okay. A lot of times, you know, what I've noticed about some managers, depending upon their, their preferences, their personality, their data sets is that they don't do that because they don't want to offend anyone. They don't want to. Uh, you know, make anyone mad, you know, they don't want to infringe on anyone's rights or freedoms or, you know, insert the reason here. Right. And, and you know what, that's, I, I, I get that it's classy. However, at the same time, establishing practices, right. you know, uh, and, you know, establishing those statements of this is what is expected, you know, then, Everybody knows, <laughs> you know, here is the thing. We're putting it in the middle of the room on the table. And sometimes there needs to be clarity around the language that you're using. And yes, sometimes there's misunderstandings and, you know, that's just all yeah. part of human relationships, right? Mm -hmm. But stating though those practices, you know, and giving that clarity and setting up, you know, you don't have to call it expectation, call it a practice. I think that's a great word. Mm -hmm. You know, practice, that's something we're practicing, you know? Um, and if you guys tuned in, did we do Leslie's um, episode yet? No, it's coming up though. Okay. So we have an episode coming up with Leslie Ament that um, where we talk about practices and behaviors that actually um, move the needle in for, towards the culture that we want and kind of associating practices with our values. And so um, stay tuned for that. But I love that idea. And this is a place where you can do that. You can say, our value is this. And as part of that, part of the way that we create the culture where of this, like for instance, we create a culture of trust by doing this is to name the behavior and set the expectation. So as you're trying to decide if this is an area of common courtesy, do I want to make it a cultural practice? I think a key question is, how resentful do you feel when people don't do it? Because mm -hmm. if you are, in order to like make sure that everybody can maintain their freedom and do their own preference, not naming your expectation, but then later feeling resentful and feeling like, well, they're not very professional or whatever the judgment is based on what you think should be common courtesy, if you can't let go of your judgment and your resentment about that particular practice, then I would say, if you're the leader and you're building culture, name what you're looking for and say, as we work together, I think it's respectful that we do this. And now if people have a huge pushback and they have a good argument for why they're not willing to do that, if you have a good culture, they'll be able to say, you know what? I don't know if I really want us to have to do that. Here's why. And you can have a little push back and forth and decide what is the cultural practice that we're putting into play here. But at the very least, 
you now have more data about the people that you're working with mm. so that you can make a, a truly educated judgment about what is happening when a ball is dropped or when a conversation doesn't go the way that you expect, things like that. Yep. Yep. And at the end of the day, when you establish these, these common practices, you know, your relationship, your relationships, yeah. you know, your universes get more in sync and when your universes are in sync, you know what? Your workplace gets more fun. That's true. Yeah. So as we bring today's conversation in for Atlanta, you can catch more Kimberly and Coach content over at KimberlyCoach.com. Don't forget to like and subscribe to our YouTube channel podcast feed on Apple Podcasts or Google Play. And dear listener, thanks for tuning in to the Kimberly and Coach show where we endorse listening to podcasts while working out, walking to get the mail, or writing your autobiography. <laughs> we'll see you next time. Cheers. <laughs>